Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to yet another week of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. You may be surprised because we're back with a full contingent this week. With <laughs> me as always, well, as most of the time, Andy Pregler and Christian Guzman. What's going on, guys? Well, at least in Syracuse's case, their transfers are being allowed by the ACC and not like Barcelona, where their transfers are not being allowed by La Liga. Hey! Yeah. We're there already. We ticked one box. Yep, mm-hmm. Straight into the well, soccer pod, because it is opening weekend for, well, most leagues. Um, yeah, two of us are happy. One of us is sad coming out of this weekend. What would you honestly pay for uh, Harry Maguire right now? Ooh. What could you pay me for Harry Maguire? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, Who, uh, honestly, I mean this very seriously. I think you can get a higher transfer fee for Harry Maguire than Cristiano Ronaldo. Right now, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're gonna have to pay Ronaldo more, like mm-hmm. in the uh, like actual contract. But Harry Maguire will get Man United more money, yeah. which is not a sentence I thought I would say Don't in the year say. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. here we are. Here we are in 2022. Premier League has started. Syracuse football camp is off and running. Which and uh, the World Cup has not yet happened. Right, we're, we're in August. And there hasn't been a World Cup, so I mean, yeah, we're, I we're mean, doing to be fair, things. when this to be fair, when this was announced in 2016, we all knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but Christian, but Christian, they said that it wasn't going to happen, and they were going to build air conditioning things. Oh yes, because air conditioning is the savior to all the world's problems. It took us if 40 only... years to get air conditioning <laughs> in a building Listen. named for an air conditioning company. <laughs> I was going to say, that is the best segue back into Syracuse football. Air conditioning problems! Um, which also, in Greece, I shit you not. I should have taken a photo of it. I didn't. Um, all of the air conditioning units that were powering all the suites and villas carry our air conditioning. <laughs> Just, I can't escape it. I literally so, saw it. I was like, ah, shit, here we go again. Gre- Greece's college team? Greece's college team. All right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Who's our next cool. Marek Dolezal for the basketball team? He's got to be Greek now. That's just in the contract. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we're moving. All we, of the odd, 
it's literally the original Ottoman Empire is now the Ottoman oh, Empire. It's oh, all boy. the same. It's all. The same. Oh my god. Oh, we've done it. We have officially done yeah. it. So. Uh, that is the nerdiest joke that I have made in this show in a while. Um, speaking of somehow less nerdy things, Syracuse football spring camp has started. Well, spring camp uh, started a while camp. ago. Spring, spring camp. Yeah, uh, God. Sorry. Did you time sorry. travel when you went to Greece? Jeez. <laughs> yes, I did. I went back to the year 1950. It was amazing. I just drank mojitos and sat on the beach all day. Um, God, but no, the fall... <laughs> I highly recommend Greece to anybody, especially if you are a uh non-white person who tans like that is the best uh, that this is as this is as tan as i'm gonna get this that this is it this is where i'm at all right so you're saying Sorry, i Steve. shouldn't go there <laughs> <laughs> i mean you should go you just need to bring a metric f ton of uh sunscreen yeah i have two shades uh, i have my lego table over there or lobster there's no in between mm, yeah no that is oh, uh so how was that heat wave in this past week in, in syracuse I have lived in sunscreen. Just ah, wonderful. Any chance SPF fifty <laughs> is on my skin. The the sorry sunscreen as a concept is just absolutely wild to me. <laughs> um, it is just just like here's a cream that you can put on your body that will literally block the sun. Um, just wild. There's also um, there's a show on on Netflix. I forget what it's called. Um, but it is the creator of Blackish and uh, Rashida Jones are the two leader, uh, two lead actors of the show, and it's basically about a very, very rich black family um, living in modern day U.S. pre-pandemic, yeah. and they're part of the one of their funniest bits that they have is that they go on to an all-inclusive resort in Hawaii, and the main character just goes on a tirade about how it is incredible that white people have taken over the world when they are literally allergic to the one thing that powers the globe. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and here wow. I am, living that allergic life. It yeah. is. It just, it, like, he just screams in a high-pitched voice, they're allergic to the sun. <laughs> and that's whatever I hear whenever somebody buys sunscreen or mentions sunscreen, I just hear allergic to the sun in a high-pitched screaming voice. Sounds Anyways, right. you know, um, the other joke that I did that my wife still hates me for is that anytime somebody mentions any line that is in Rob Thomas's Smooth, I immediately start singing whatever the next lyrics of the song are after Dino Babers blasted that song on repeat, his first ever practice in fall. Um, yeah, that is a deep cut Syracuse reference for those uh, who are actually it's, still with us it, is it point. really a syracuse football practice unless smooth is the very first thing that is on <laughs> the speakers when practice starts if someone says it's a hot one i am going to scream like seven inches from the midday sun at you it's oh, just guaranteed. it's just a guarantee <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. guaranteed so i think one of the more interesting things too and steve you can kind of talk about this as a former football player when you have an indoor or an outdoor option and it is hot AF. As a football player, I'm assuming larger human wearing lots of pads put me inside where I don't die. However, old school football coach me goes, put them outside, let them survive. I'm sure there's rules around this now. However, in these fall practices as you're leading up to the games, uh, how terrible is it to practice or do two days when it's this warm? Slash... Is Sarah is like should Syracuse just be playing inside exclusively since we play half of our games at a dome? Like I don't actually understand the the sporting equivalence of all this. There are a few things more miserable than two days in ninety degree heat, and that was always you know we're we're getting it early this year. Uh, the uh, like fair week was you know usually the second week of two days for high school, and even in like college was usually the week before, but we didn't have to worry about you know crazy insanity heat waves uh as much for some reason even though we were playing on a giant carpet with concrete under it um the two days in high school um there's yeah no no go inside if you have the option like <laughs> I, I mean but that also brings up a fair point because how hot is it really going to be in september at connecticut right <laughs> because like because after that then the only other out the next outdoor game you have to worry about is late October in South Carolina, 
which is going to be probably a nice 70 degrees. Oh. Yeah, there's not much get ready for the elements that's needed in this schedule's case. Mm-hmm. It is, it is very weird to think about um, the dome factor that Syracuse has in general. Like, like this is something that as more, uh, again, not to bring this back to World Cup conversation, but as we talk about like stadiums across the country and we talk about stadiums that we have in the U.S. versus internationally, one of the big things that comes up with the U.S. stadiums is that they're large and for the most part, Look at the World Cup list, which is usually the premium stadiums in a country. Almost all of them are dome stadiums now, with the exception of MetLife in uh, in New Jersey, New York, depending on how who wants to claim that. It's New Jersey. I know, Christian, don't worry. Um, like, all of the big stadiums in the U.S. are pretty much now domed or retractable domed. Like, we're moving into this era where domed stadiums are no longer a novelty. And I keep thinking about, I know college football is all about the big cathedrals, like Ohio State is not going to build a new dome stadium anytime no. soon, but start thinking about some of these other big new teams that don't have historical stadiums. Like we might start seeing more and more domes pop up just because as we've seen with Syracuse, it's incredibly useful to have a closed mixed use venue in your campus's control you can do a lot more stuff with that and, and i think that's the big thing about like most of these stadiums that are being built it's exactly for that purpose they don't want it to just be used for sporting events i mean look at all the concerts that syracuse holds uh throughout the year and then there were various other sporting events like you're not holding monster jam in april in syracuse if that is an open facility that's just not feasible at all no but we mm. can do you, you can do that um, and, and it's time for yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's also just uh, a unique thing from a football standpoint. Um, I think we've touched on this a few times here. Uh, again, Steve can probably back us up here. Football coaches tend to be a little neurotic when it comes to control issues, specifically yeah. the idea of controlling the controlling whatever factors they can possibly control on a week-to-week, day-to-day basis. Dino has openly come out and said if he had the option, he turned the AC off in the dome. <laughs> I love this man. Hmm. Like, uh, like that is not a private thought of Dino Babers. That is a very, very public thought. Crazy, absolute insanity. I love, I love, I love Dino Babers so much. Like, the, <laughs> I know that there's something about the old school football coach that's just like uh -huh. uh, you have, and I, I, as dumb as it sounds, they will agree. Uh, for the most part, there's some screw loose somewhere. Like you have to to get to that level doing <laughs> yes. that. Like I I don't know. Like I can remember practices where you got like one or two water breaks the entire practice. Mm, yes. And it was I don't know. It's a whole different world back then, and it was really dumb in hindsight. But you know that. I bet if yeah, that's coaches true. could still do that, some of them probably still would. Oh, yeah, that's why you have like 10 people who are, whose main job is just to run around with the water buckets. Right. Now, back then, <laughs> we, back then yeah. uh, in high school, it was literally, and I, I am not kidding. Hi, Fergus. Um, or <laughs> my, my dog is trying to uh, say hi to the podcast listeners. Um, it if you're was... watching on Twitch, you can see him, and he's very cute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <He>, uh... <laughs> yeah. Our our water apparatus was like PVC with a garden hose running to it that had a bunch of holes that you had to walk up and like. Uh, it was like a, a horrible water fountain with hose water, and that was our water apparatus. So you know things have come a long ways. You know, back in my day. Yeah. No, oh yeah. Uh... <laughs> All right, so fourteen minutes in. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going old man on the porch already. And I, and I, gra and I graduated in two thousand two. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Christian uh, might not have been born yet. I don't know. No, I was. I was six years old. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. I'm not gonna say how old I was because it doesn't make things much better. Um, <laughs> 
Anyways, we took 14 minutes before I actually try to bring this back to actual Syracuse football is happening. Um, we are literally now weeks away from the start of the Syracuse football season. This is an exciting time for this group because this is what we care about. But this is also a really awkward Wait, week. Hold on, Andy. We have a podcast with literally the three game day coverage guys on the site. And you're saying <laughs> this is what we care about. Really? <laughs> like this well, is the game day team <laughs> yes for all of you who are somehow new here uh if you show up on sunday all of the articles are going to be by this group yeah. plus kevin that right. is that is just going to be the site um i think i think one of my favorite things about this though is just that we're going to keep i'm going to keep saying well it was just a week of practice so nothing happened and then we talk for an hour so let this be the first time that i say we had a week of practice. Access is incredibly restricted. Uh, it's not gotten this better. Year, actually. Yeah, not yeah. this year, actually. Yeah. Okay. Talk about this, Christian, because I've already been yelled at once via Stephen Godfrey and Split Zone Duo for the weird access stuff that's gone on and not happened in the past. For lack of a better, for, for context, back in my day, when I was a student reporter, there was zero access to spring practice except for player availability afterward and maybe five minutes of stretching ahead of time. Christian, what is the what is the setup for this year? So it's a kind of like the similar setup to what was happening in spring ball this year, where it's um it, it used to be under the Dino you know, Babers era, it used to be the strict first ten minutes of practice and that's it. And as Steve knows, the first ten minutes of practice is usually just guys attempting to stretch. Um mm-hmm. and then like you're not getting anything from that. Now it's more you you're you get to see more drills and you get to see more things. It's it varies from practice to practice. So sometimes you may only get to see the first. Sometimes the reporters will only get to see the maybe the first ten or twenty minutes, and sometimes they'll stay for forty five minutes up to an hour. I remember uh, in a spring practice, I, we got to stay up to the, for for forty five minutes. I got a lot of good looks at uh, kind of the like individual unit drills that uh that the entire team were running and so that has carried over into the fall ball practice here so there is better access now and i i think that's actually i think where it is right now it's a great balance between media availability and still keeping uh uh coaching confidentiality that uh coaches want to keep yeah and it's been i mean uh i don't think any of our crew has been on site for any of it I don't know if you've been able to make it any, Um, but just what we've gotten even from, you know, uh, we're what, 20 minutes or 17 minutes in is the Stephen Bailey reference. Uh, Yeah, there we are. (laughs) Shout out, shout out to Stephen as always uh, for some of his wonderful coverage and uh, footage that has helped us see some of this uh, because we don't have the ability to get boots on the ground as much as we'd all like to. Uh, but there's, like you said, there's been more more film coming out of this and available than we've seen in years. Um, yeah, more so than the thirty second or thirty four second clip I got stuck dissecting last year. Or so that was just a mm-hmm. mashup by the SU athletic department. Yeah, the uh, Stephen, as always, does a great job of giving us what we want. Which uh, let's just jump right into it. The first clip that I saw in my I, I deleted Twitter uh, from my phone <laughs> while I was abroad as a gift slash probably better for my mental health while I was on vacation thing. Uh, great, wonderful thing. Literally, <laughs> I shit you not. First thing I saw when I logged back onto Twitter was Steve's retweet of the offensive line footage that Stephen Bailey had recorded. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Steve, since I know you've looked at it, let's talk offensive line. Uh, <laughs> what have we seen so far? Um, Matthew Bergeron was rated by Pro Football Focus as one of the top 25 offensive linemen in the ACC. He was given a sleeper nod to potentially be even better than that. We at Syracuse know that Bergeron is one of the better offensive linemen in the country, um, especially with how he has handled ACC quality opposition for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but what about the rest of the line, and and what are we looking at, especially with our boy uh, Bleich, who, <laughs> for lack of like, we just we we know nothing about him other than he used to be pretty good for Florida. Yeah, he has hips again, apparently, so that's nice. 
Um, he uh, so Chris Bleich, Bleich, yep, okay, still up there. Uh, for, for anyone who doesn't get it, the pronunciation is still up on my whiteboard. Um, he has uh, returned from a second groin surgery or hip surgery uh, this off season, so he's back in action, back to f- knock on wood, full full throttle. Um, he has actually shifted to center. So what we are seeing currently and what looked like it was the first run of the offensive line was Bergeron, Kalen Ellis, uh, Bleich at center, and then Dakota Davis and Carlos Vettorello. Now, this accomplishes everything that I wanted it to accomplish in not the way that I expected it to be accomplished, but I really like it. So we, it, this is the best way to get our best five linemen on the field. And if Bleich is perfectly sound at center, which coming from guard, it's an easier shift. Uh, I, I've always been amazed that Veterello uh, has swapped inside out. Same thing with service. Like inside out is its own animal. Um, I I played all three in like over my course in college. I was always like the utility extra guy. Um, never started at any of the positions like as a depth chart starter i was an emergency starter a couple times but the difference between going from guard to center and tackle to center is very um apparent so it was always amazed me that we had two tackles that shifted inside um watching what we've seen it's i'm i'm very intrigued by this and i think it gets the most talented players on the field now how much of a difference does that make with the zonal blocking system that Schmidt has implemented in the offensive line. Uh, as far as the the personnel changes or the shifting, the shifting from for like for Bleich from center to from guard to center. Uh, it should actually the the one thing it does add is him working. I mean, he knows how from the guard position he knows what he's working with. Uh, fr- at center, he'll know what the guard is trying to accomplish, so it it will help. You know, uh, trying to trying to pick out things communication wise and you know technique wise even. So it should it should bolster that if nothing else, and that may be why we saw that shift. And also, uh, can I'll I'll hang my head on the fact that Veterello is a better tackle than a center, and I've been saying that for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're onto something here. It's almost like Mike Schmidt knows what he's doing. Well, luckily Garrett Trader is six four, so hopefully there's not too many yeah. over the head snaps. <laughs> yeah. I I I mean this like really seriously. Um I think Kalen Ellis is somebody that we have seen flashes of. And he's a huge he's a huge body. Like let's just that yeah, is no, yeah, no, yeah. no really, what makes you say? <laughs> <laughs> The, the 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 kid is just a giant and i i have liked what we've seen from him so far and i think the staff last year kind of hinted at many times that he was somebody that was really impressing in a lot of different ways um so it's i think it's in the spirit of matthew bergeron getting a young guy that has shown that he's got the size yep. and is putting it together getting him on the field earlier rather than later makes a ton of sense yeah. So I get that. I guess I guess my larger concern though is there's that no in past large, years... there's there's literally no larger concern than <laughs> Kalen Ellis. <laughs> but I'm not concerned about him. My larger concern is that we've seen in again in, this is we're going into a new system. Um so I we have to caveat everything with that. New offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach. They've said that there's going to be a new system. Um what we've seen with these with our centers specifically reacclimated centers or new centers or temporary centers, whatever you may get, whoever is not a main center and lines up over there. When you're running a predominantly shotgun based offense, especially one at tempo, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong very quickly. And I guess, I guess my larger question for you, Steve, is that when you're looking at somebody like Bleich, who has had such an injury-riddled history, um, both at Florida and now with Syracuse, is the hope that we're, we're utilizing that experience at the center position? Not saying that there's any position on the offensive line that's less physical than others, like it's literally the front line for the smashing, um, but 
is the hope that maybe because Bleich isn't going to be doing as much pulling, he's mostly going to be doing, you know, read the defense, snap the ball, hold your spot, repeat at a ridiculous tempo, is is the hope that maybe he's finally in a position to play every down if he doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily running as much? Or do you think this is purely a, we don't really have a true center on the roster and you are the most experienced that can probably pull this off? Yes. Probably a little both. Um, as always, to quote from Total Soccer Show, things can be two things. Um, he won't be moving as much. With two hip surgeries under his belt, it's uh, yeah, the the lateral mobility, who knows? I mean, heck, this may actually have helped it, um, but it's better to, especially in a position where you have a dearth at present, and I'm not discounting Josh Aloha, but he's still very young. Um, he was, you know, he, he made some emergency starts last year. He got knocked around a little he there were some things i saw that i liked but he's still young i mean he's still a true sophomore uh and i don't even know is he a i don't even remember if he's a covid sophomore or a true sophomore but, which one um okay jeshalo is a covid sophomore a COVID sophomore yeah but yeah still compared to someone who's got four or five years under his belt it's a different ball game um so i don't even know where my original point was Oh, the, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, the shift I down to, yeah, the, the injury prone and um, yeah, differences. Uh, it, it couldn't hurt to have him there, and his experience there is definitely going to help the line, especially when you have an ample substitute in either Callan Ellis or Dakota Davis. Yeah, I'm, I, I just, I, I look at the defense, uh, I look at the offensive line, sorry, and there's, there's like you said, there's clearly five guys that we want on the field, and then there's a six that we'd like to see, but is clearly not quite there yet. Um, so again, key is going to be health. We'll see how this camp goes. Week one is not usually when the bad things happen. It's always in week two. So fingers crossed that we can get to the show next week and nobody's walking around in a boot, um, because that's usually the beginning of the uh, of like the first the first time that we see somebody in a boot. That's when you know things are going downhill. <laughs> Well, you already missed. We uh, had the first injury of camp, right? No, I didn't see this either. Uh, I believe it was Isaiah Jones went down. The whiteout. Oh. So, yes. Uh, oh, I, I don't know I how long it. he's down for. I don't think I saw anything come out, but I know he got injured day one. So, great start to the year. There's always one. There's yep. always one. Um, Speaking of line play, let's talk defense. Let's talk oh, one, uh, one defense. more thing. I do want to note oh. on that. Okay. Uh, we did see that uh, the two, or I guess one B tackle right now uh, on the right side was Enrique Cruz. So when Veterello shifted yes. down to center, we saw Enrique Cruz be the backup tackle, which um, to me, that's a huge move for him, uh, especially for a guy who's, uh, I guess, uh, very personable and very, uh, he seems like a, a he's going to become a fan favorite type, uh, but he's also just a large human being that's good at blocking people. So that comes in very <laughs> handy. And he had a lot of promise coming out of high school. So I'm glad to see. Uh, I think he's one of our only four star recruits we've had in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and the important rise is also so I don't think he was even on the two deep last year. No. So to see him make that rise in a quick manner of time is very impressive. Absolutely. Uh, he was a member of the honor roll and did get a red shirt for last year. So yeah, this is, um, I think that's what you want out of a four-star recruit. Yeah. Red shirt and then be, be in the mix, uh, your red shirt freshman year. That's, that's the dream for Syracuse. Uh -huh. Um, so it's also weird that there's two cruises on the offensive line now. Um, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. Now that Joe showed up. Yeah. Yep. Just, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, uh, you could I think say the other we're cruising towards the season. Uh, shit. Well, there it is. Uh, this is, a, that was a great show. Everybody. Uh, thanks everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> That's it. Shut it down. Rob Murphy. 
Uh, we're going. Oh, wow. No. We are all over the place today. <laughs> uh, I actually at one point had that as a drop that I was like, uh, no, I won't. You want to hear something really sad that I've never actually told anybody, but I'm now going to admit to the to the people who listen to this show. I was going to say no. five people, but I know there's more than five people. Um, when I got into Syracuse, I immediately started doing the thing of looking up all Syracuse things to like figure out about what the school that I had just decided to go to. Yep. Um, and I searched iTunes, and two things came up: one, "How to Grow an Orange" by Sean Keeley. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> and two. Shut it down by Rob Murphy, and I bought both of those things for my iPad, iPod, and uh, I do own an, an old iTunes account that is I don't have the password to anymore. Own and uh, the Rob Murphy shut it down. So nice. just yeah, very nice. But what is the more valuable of the two? Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I am still here, like doing this in the news magician world. So I think the book, but you know. <laughs> Little did uh, you know when you bought that book. <laughs> no idea what was going to come from that. That's just that is that is still one of the weirder <laughs> things that I think about uh, every so often. Uh, if you want to think about, no, I'm, I can't figure out a good segue there. Home <laughs> Apparel, thanks for sponsoring our show, Home Field. <laughs> We're at the halfway point, so as always, halftime means it's home field time. Uh, we are. Proud, as always, to be sponsored by the purveyors and makers of fine vintage collegiate clothing, uh, T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, joggers, stickers, newsletters. They have a text message bot that you can subscribe to now. Like, Homefield is no longer this nitty-gritty little startup hanging out making T-shirts out of their garage. They are now the, the big dog on campus making t-shirts with lots of dogs on them from many campuses across the world. Uh, if you are interested in Homefield Apparel, check them out on their website. Um, they have so many schools right now. They just launched Oklahoma State. Uh, they are launching Penn State this week. So if you are in the Northeast and you have a family member who has chosen the wrong school and is not rooting for Syracuse, but is rooting for Penn State instead, then pay I'm attention there. You might be able to... Oh, wait. <laughs> You might be able to get some gifts out of the way. Uh, use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, uh, off your first order of Homefield Apparel for 10% off your first order, N-U-N-E-S. Again, their, their t-shirts are really great. Their hoodies are really great. Like, everything they make is just really comfy and really quality. Um, we are moving towards the season where I exclusively wear Homefield Apparel shirts every day. Uh, you know, Slippery Rock the rock in a fur coat shirt will make an appearance. Tulane angry wave is going to make an appearance. Always a um, classic. Uh, Steve, I know you've got some, you've got some anteater action over there. Oh yeah. Yep. The Zot baseball shirt. That's a, uh, that's one of my, one of my crown jewels. Yeah. So we're about to get, uh, I gotta, I gotta email them, but I think we're about to get the home field check. So letting y'all know that, uh, get those shirt orders in just in time. <laughs> we'll have some new home field apparel. Well, what we items. need to do is we need to talk to Connor because I pulled up the site and the first thing on the homepage for Oregon state says orange express with their beaver. And if we can find a way to get that, uh, <laughs> rectified and have the auto, uh instead of the beaver that would be wonderful we we are the orange uh they should really honestly at this point too sean tucker i will introduce you to connor because i would wear the hell out of a sean uh sean tucker uh home field apparel shirt oh absolutely. just saying yeah so uh speaking of mr tucker and being pleased of his performance the preseason accolades are rolling in um I I'm, I want to bring up a concept to you all that I have. I've been workshopping for a bit, and I think I'm going to write about this probably not this week, probably next week for the site. Um, Stephen Godfrey uh, on Split Zone Duo was talking uh, on the show. Of, this was months ago, but was talking about recruiting in the SEC and talking about how you look at Georgia, Alabama, um, Arkansas, all these big schools that are competing. I don't know why I threw Arkansas in there. I think it's because they have a home field thing. Um, but you talk about these big SEC schools that compete against each other for the big five-star talent, specifically at running back. 
And there's a lot of questions about why why does five star go to play behind five other five stars on on the roster at a position where running back is decreasingly valued at the NFL level? Like even the best running backs in college right now aren't getting drafted in the top tier positions that they used to be because the general knowledge is that running back is a position that is very dependent on the offensive line in order to provide a base level of success. Um, you know, a good running back is going to be able to take advantage of that in a different way than, say, just, you know, an average or a good running back will. But Godfrey brought up the idea that a lot of these guys are realizing running backs have a very short shelf life. You get hit a lot at the running back position, not just on plays where you get the ball, but on plays where you're asked to block, on plays where you're asked to chip block, on plays where you basically become the only guy downfield who can actually get downfield and knows how to block. Uh, there's just a lot of wear and tear that's put on these guys. And so they're willing to go to big schools because they know by the time that they come out, their legs will be fresher than almost everybody else. And they have more years and yards in front of them than they have behind them. This brings me to one Sean Tucker, who has put a lot of yards behind him already specifically he's one of the leaders in the country when it comes to yards after contact and that's always been his bread and butter is that he's a guy that hits that hole really hard and you Mm -hmm. do not want to be the defender in the hole waiting for him however Syracuse has done a decent job of filling out the rest of that running back room um there's obviously not a ton of guys in there that were going yeah, he's going to take yards away from uh, Sean Tucker year one. But we've got a couple of redshirt freshmen in Mario Escobar, Joe Punaj, uh, Jawan Price. Uh, David Obang Apongyong is also in the room as a redshirt freshman. Uh, but the room is really, really young. And it's definitely set up for a situation of Tucker is going to be 1A and 1B, probably 1C. But there's going to be a lot of guys that are looking for that spot to spell him after the transfers have left. And, and Steve, or actually, we'll start with Christian on this one. Sean Tucker, the, the blocker on third downs, left a lot to be desired. <laughs> oh. I um, hope, and so I hope the he lot... just hung out with Mike Schmidt all offseason. Anytime he wasn't running track, just hang out with the offensive line coach. Um, we don't have a third down running back on the roster right now. They all transferred. Like there were a lot of third down running backs on the roster who were really good in Wait, space. We do, we do have a third down running back on the roster. He's just actually a fullback, but that's besides the point. This is my, this is kind of getting it. You, Christian, this is why you're great. <laughs> my, my real thought here is it always goes back to Rhino. Are we going to see a lot of, of Rhino like a fullback tight end flex position in what essentially is the third down running back, because there's nobody else on the roster right now who looks like they're going to get those carries. And I cannot imagine the coaching staff and Sean Tucker are going to go to each other and go, you are playing every down on offense, every single play. We need you to be a hundred percent engaged like that. That just seems like not where the trend of college football is going. And Syracuse happens to have a Swiss Army knife who weighs 285 pounds available. Why don't you use it in the role that we have been arguing for for the last, I don't know, three, four years at this point? The day that Rhino sheds a blocker and goes at it to the flat to catch a pass is the day that Syracuse Twitter explodes. But, like, it makes so much sense. Well, yeah, it does. And... This is kind of a point that I wanted to bring up earlier as well, is that Sean Tucker actually came out and said during um, interviews this week that based on the offense that Robert Ine is putting in, that he is expecting more passing to happen in the offense this season. So there's not going to be the heaven, heavily reliant use of Tucker to carry the ball 30 times a game, which is very, very good to see. Because as you mentioned, Andy, the longevity aspect of the running back position is always a concern. And you just can't do that to a guy for a second consecutive season. So that's where the 
that's where the also the change in the OC really helps out Syracuse is that different philosophy of okay, we're probably going to pass more now, so we're going to need to figure out a way to get the best personnel in the right positions for that situation. And so the idea you would like to see is more Rhino because he is clearly he he basically acts as the sixth offensive lineman and the the unfortunate thing right now is that the tight ends are still raw on it. The jury's still out if Max Main has made a significant jump in terms of that. Uh, but this is this is also the dilemma of Syracuse with tight ends, which, as as longtime viewers of the site will know, I have a very checkered history with. <laughs> um, it's so tough because you you need the tight ends in both areas of the passing game, and it's hard to prioritize which one. And to bring it all the way back to to Tucker, if this is going to be a more passing centralized offense, if he hasn't spent the offseason with Mike Schmidt to learn at least basic blocking techniques, then it, you got to get him off the field somehow in order to activate yeah, the absolutely. offense. Well, and that I mean, Eva. we haven't seen what uh, right now. Probably the two A and two B are LaQuinn Allen and Juwan Price, the New Mexico State transfer. State um, uh, Allen is a true freshman that enrolled in January, and then Price is the New Mexico State transfer. And we've seen both of them get reps uh, this fall so far. So I would assume those are our other options. If they are remotely cognizant in a blocking situation, that's probably their best path to field time. Because Steve, can... I want you to guess how many tight ends are currently on the Syracuse roster. I can cheat because I already know four. Uh, yeah, two it of is which four. two of which are walk-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so two walk-ons: <laughs> Max Mang and Stephen Mahart Jr. Uh, so yes. if we're if we go against all conventional Syracuse wisdom and actually pass to a tight end, we may be for one wishing that Luke Benson was still here, uh, or for two. Oh, what a concept! Yeah, uh, <laughs> Stephen Mahar Jr. may have his uh, you know uh, glorious time in the sun in the Syracuse offense if we can actually throw to a tight end. Or we if line I up Rhino a, there and pass to him, which would be just great. If I find the motivation to not off myself, I might actually do a what-if on Luke Benson, because that's a big what-if. Uh-huh. Because that all happened before the OC change. Yep. And I'm I'm sitting here going, like, Benson is... There's... Again, this, is, this might be, like, too pie in the sky. This might not be where we're going. But, like, the concept of having a two-tight-end formation with Benson and Rhino and Tucker all, like, moving interchangeably in the backfield with Garrett Schrader, who is the biggest wild card as a defense. You have no idea what he could do because he's, you know, he prefers to run it. But you've got Benson and you've got Tucker there. Like, there's just... As an offense that's running at tempo, you need the defense to commit to basic things and then take advantage of that defensive commitment. Uh, and just, yeah, it's it's just we don't we don't have that option right now. The, and this is and the problem with a lot of what last year was a lot as well. Uh, that sentence didn't make sense. The problem with a lot of the offense last year was that uh, they ran a lot of ten personnel. Um, and it was a lot four wide, and then when Tucker went out five wide and empty backfield sets with no tight ends at all. And so you lost that kind of versatility that you had with the tight ends and with Rhino and that Swiss Army knife that you had. And, just be- and, that, and my, that also might have just been a, a product of, hey, Syracuse, we're looking for a guy to actually step up and make a play in the receiving game just to help out. And there was a myriad of factors why that just wasn't going to be the case. And you would like to see more 11 personnel with uh, with Rhino. Um, I guess I think uh, for Syracuse fans, at least Syracuse fans know that Rhino is one of the most versatile players 
and one of the most effective players on the field when he's on the field. It's just that based yeah. on how the offense was run last year with the heavy reliance on four wide 10 personnel, it's, it just wasn't shown often. I was actually utterly amazed and responded so on Twitter when Phil Steele dropped a list of uh, the top 15 t- or, uh, fullbacks in college, and there was not one Chris Rhino Elmore anywhere near it. And it's well, just to be fair, dis- he probably thought he was an offensive lineman. <laughs> or a defensive lineman. Or a tight end. Or anything other than a fullback, which is what he's actually really good at. Yeah. Um, Steve, I think I think one of the things that Christian hit on that I think is really interesting, um, the offensive personnel last year was incredibly basic. Um, there was not a lot of rotation. There was not a lot of schematic changes to make that personnel look different. I mean, I still will think about the CFL type play that we ran against North Carolina. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And then just never Never revisited that formation or that personnel ever again. We ran it literally. Forgot about that. Like, I get, I understand the idea that we're not necessarily going to run a CFL offense all the time. But you run a play like that to have it on film so that way you can run that formation a few more times and confuse a defense, and we just never did again. (laughs) No, but I have a hunch, under our new offensive coordinator who's notorious for doing stupid shit like this, that we may be seeing more in the future, and I am very happy All right, so listen, now we have a new fantasy scenario for Syracuse fans. Uh, Rhino Rhino is now the CFL wide receiver gunner that starts 15 yards behind the play. Yes. And is a bar- barreling at a strong safety. I would I would just run off the field. No, no, I'm not dealing with that. God, so we've so we've officially ended this podcast twice on amazing things. Yeah, no, that's it. Uh. We will never top that. Now I'm I'm literally imagining this again, like on against Louisville or something, just Rhino head down, gunning it forward, and the announcer's just going, "What?" Because <laughs> then he's literally a Rhino. It's amazing. Oh, there we go. Uh, you know that has to be the play call too. Yeah. <laughs> Now, somebody who's better at Photoshop than me needs to put Chris Elmore on the body of whoever that character actor is that plays the Rhino in in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Is that Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti, thank you, you yes. (laughs) I need Chris Elmore's head on Paul Giamatti's body inside (laughs) of the Rhino bodysuit that they made for Amazing Spider-Man 2. That is that is what I want. That is side my note, dream. Sh- shout out, side note, uh, shout out to them getting the Italian to play the Russian. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, that franchise was so bad. <laughs> and yeah, it was, was so good. It's so weird. It's ah, uh, this, this is Sony. You can only have one thing. You can either have a good movie or a bad cast or a good cast. You don't get you don't get one. You don't get both. Right. Um, See upcoming Madame Web movie. Oh my god! Actually, Morbius was just bad. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, apparently Matt Smith was amazing in it, but I digress. Because it's Matt Smith. Fair. Actually, yes, this is the Sony rule. You get one. You get one actor killing it. Everything else. (laughs) Um, uh, One thing we need to do for all of our athletes: get their whatever deals their nil stuff is with. Get them to work on search engine optimization because I'm trying to find Rhino's NIL stuff, which the logo is amazing. It's orange and blue, and it's got like a swooping Rhino on it. And well, I'm... well, one one thing that I like that Syracuse did that has brought them more into the 21st century is now um, on their roster pages they've now included the social media links oh, of, really? of each player on their on the Cuse.com rosters, which is very very nice. So. That is a great way to just connect with players. If, uh, if a person's looking to go to the Qs.com roster, you can now click on an Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter account of your favorite player and follow them on the social media account of your choosing. Also, public uh, public safety announcement here. Don't be that guy. Never be that guy on social media with, with any of the athletes. Just don't. You know who that guy is. Don't be that guy. Yeah, 
just, just don't. Um, I also do love the idea of like somebody in uh, North Syracuse going to the Syracuse roster page on their like oversized tablet and trying to click on the name like Chris Elmore, but accidentally clicking on the TikTok and then being <laughs> sent into a TikTok wormhole, not fully understanding what it is. And just watching these Chris Elmore videos, like enjoying every minute of it, being like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Why am I here? What am I doing? Where am I? Exactly. Um, so we in the last 10 minutes of this, somehow <laughs> we have had a Syracuse football conversation that did not bring mention the quarterbacks. I am not going to mention the quarterbacks this show. You have to come back next week for that because the quarterbacks are the quarterbacks. I want to talk defensive line. Um, this is the weakest position on the roster by, I think, a pretty considerable margin. Um, this is also a position where if you look at who's playing defensive line, there's a lot of names there of guys who didn't start out as defensive linemen. And we've talked about it a lot in the 3-3-5. Um, the, the defensive line is going to be a, uh, a thankless position because of the way that the scheme works. Um, however, you need to have one dude in the middle of that line just kind of taking up a lot of space and doing some work. Um, Steve Linton is really talented, but he doesn't seem like he has the size. He's, he seems like a prototypical edge rusher. Um, when we talk about some of the other uh, defensive linemen with experience on here, we're looking at Caleb Achukwu, who's probably your best bet at that role, but is some really inconsistent performances. And then you've got a lot of freshmen that are really interesting. Um, I'm specifically looking at uh, Belaz uh, Belzer Bassett, who's listed at six foot 260. That's like not quite nose tackle status, but it seems like a baby nose tackle. Like the pre-evolution form of nose tackle. Like get him. Uh, are are we Pokemoning or? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. Pokemoning here. Um, but like we talked about Chris Elmore and his versatility. Um, but the reason when he played defensive line was because Syracuse ran out of defensive tackles, <laughs> and Elmore was the only body on the roster that could do it. Uh, and and so when you all look at this offensive line, aside from the lack of true defensive tackle here, uh, what? What are you expecting out of this unit? Slash, are you expecting anything out of this unit? Or is this just going to be, we're going to have some guys that play 60% of the snaps, some guys that play 40% of the snaps. Like, this is going to be a bit of a mash unit without the injuries. I think this is going to be a true 3-3-5 unit of where you really don't notice a defensive line. Yeah, And that could be taken in both ways, good and bad. Where... Everyone knows about the linebackers for Syracuse. Like, that's not a secret anymore. Marlo Wax, Mikel Jones, and Stefan Thompson are absolute monsters. And those are the guys that are going to have to do the damage um, in the pass rushing game. And th with that being said, like, like as Andy alluded to, the, main prim the primary focus of the defensive line is going to be to swallow up bodies. And I, that just means that they're not going to get to the quarterback. Which in the three three five is fine. It's just that you won't hear from the defensive line. Right. Um which again, in just this system is kind of what fans I don't especially after the kind of the shock of going from the incredible twenty eighteen Alton Robinson Kendall Coleman years to this is for most for probably a lot of casual Syracuse fans is probably a lot of a is a culture shock and probably not what they expect from the defensive line. But for casual Syracuse fans, it's gonna eventually gonna have to be what they expect. There's not a lot of noise on the defense, the, this defensive line, unless someone can make a breakout like Robinson and Coleman did in 2018. Yeah. Now, I I disagree uh -huh. on one thing, Andy. You said there were no definitive nose tackles uh, on the roster. Yep. Have you seen what your eerie boy has gotten up to lately? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh my Josh, god. <laughs> Josh Huff is listed at 
six three three fifteen. And if that doesn't say nose tackle, I don't know what does. <laughs> okay. To be fair, did not know that. Two in my brain, he's still a running back. Um, we wanted yeah. him to be Rhino two point He's literally. <laughs> <laughs> I now, now imagine Josh Huff being the CFL gunner out of the backfield. <laughs> God. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, that... Okay, Steve, not to put you on the spot here. I know that you have probably seen... Like, I remember, keeping it in Western PA, Casey Hampton, the great nose tackle in the old Steelers 3-4 defense yeah. back when they were winning Super Bowls getting put on the physically unable to eat a salad list where his playing weight was 350 and then he showed up to camp close to 400 and was literally told you need to just lose some weight here. Right. Um, I am assuming that there's always a couple of guys who show up with one position and then just start putting on the pounds and we go, yeah, we're making you a defensive tackle. Um, this seems like some really aggressive weight gain for Huff. And I'm not saying that they just threw him over there. But at what point in time do you go, like, do you look at his body and you just say, we're going to stop trying to make this an offensive weapon. And you are now, like, you're just now going to learn how to play defense. Like, I'm sure he played two ways right. in high school because that's just what you do in small schools. However, this seems rather aggressive. Well, and especially when you have an athlete like a running back that, um, I mean, again, and I digress. Last year, Josh Huff was listed listed at 255. There is a snowball's chance in hell that he was 255. So when you see that number shift, yes, that's a big number. Like, it's what, 60, 60 plus pounds? 60-ish pounds? I think it's 60 exactly. Yeah. Math is hard. Um, especially train a teacher to a five-year-old, which I'm finding out. Uh, but <laughs> the... Uh, the 60 pound weight gain is probably closer to 40 like there's no way even if he came into camp or like enrolled at the beginning of summer at 255 there's no way by the end of the season he was that um especially post-injury so like like he didn't get lighter after the injury i'd assume so it's not as bad as it seems and you already have a guy who was a baller running back so you know he's an athlete, you know he can do things. Why not take advantage of his size and his frame and throw him over on the D-line where you need him? So Rhino 2.0 is literally following Rhino 2.0's footsteps. Or hoof. No, not hoof. Yeah, we'll go with feet. Hugh? Huh? Hugh? Is oh, no, I was saying hoof, hoof steps instead, but rhinos don't have hoofs. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Um... No, I, I yeah, I'm 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 just I'm curious to see how this whole thing goes. Um, it seems really interesting. I I like I like that size. That does that's it is that's that's nose tackle, and that's what they need in this on this line. Um, so it could be interesting to see. I think Ochukwu is definitively the guy that's first on the depth chart, but I again don't necessarily think of him in that true defensive tackle role. But well, he's no Ochukwu uh, isn't going to play nose. No, right, Uncle Chuku is a he'll a be true edge rusher. Yeah, it'll right. be him and Linton on the edges with probably Lockett. Terry Lockett. Yeah, it'll be Terry Lockett yeah. as the nose. Yeah, and like that's I don't think that's a bad line per se. Um, it's just a little bit small, and we're already running with a linebacking group that's a little bit small. And... Well, the li- the linebacking group used to be a little bit small. Uh, yeah. So for anyone who's very confused right now, Andy. Uh, not just wasn't yes. on the podcast the last two weeks, but was completely disconnected. <laughs> so he missed all of this fun time uh, of yeah. us discovering all this. So, so you're watching okay. him in real time discover what so happened. Who, okay, so if the linebackers... So who got big on the linebackers then? Because uh, Stefan Thompson's 250 now. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. <laughs> like... Like like fat two fifty or did he become Killmonger two point <laughs> Uh yeah I I don't I, I would assume Killmonger because he's yeah he went from two thirty five to two fifty so okay 
I know Mikel is like always going to be small, but like that doesn't really matter with Mikel. Like he's just yeah. going to move at the speed of a cannonball, so do I don't really worry about his size. But okay, wow. Oh um, yeah, Mikel actually lost four pounds. Wax is up to yeah. two thirty-five. Yeah. No, Wax is two. Oh no, Wax is down two forty. Or yeah, he's up to. Oh no, Jones, Jones gained four pounds. I had my tab switched up, going between uh -huh. the twenty-one and twenty-two. Yeah. yeah Again, go. math is hard. Yeah. Yeah. So if Wax, if Wax has put on some size, and and jeez, uh, Thompson's that uh, Jesus Christ, that's such a huge dude. Yeah. Okay. So the linebackers aren't that small anymore. Okay. I'm less concerned now. <laughs> I'm significantly remember, less concerned. And remember, Thompson's your Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's got. So like he, he can that size is helpful to take out some of the tight ends. Yeah. Um yeah, I like the linebacking group is really good. I the size was just the biggest concern. So if the size is not is there now. Thompson versus Notre Dame's tight end is gonna be something. <laughs> I like this but that's the thing is like with Syracuse, like I'm not concerned about the size matchups versus Clemson and Notre Dame. We're gonna get beat in those games no matter what. I worry about like the Louisville's, the Virginias and these toss up games where like they are also dealing with like size inconsistencies because they recruit in a similar way that we do. They just recruit better players overall. So it's just it's just a matter of like where are our weaknesses really exploited by their their strengths? And if the answer to the, a lot of those questions is no, you've got the makings of something interesting happening for the orange. Uh, so this seems good. Wow. OK, uh, I'm. Oh, I other, think that's... other things uh, moving farther back on the field. Yeah. Other things you did not expect to hear because I know you haven't heard it yet. Um, yeah. Right now in camp, and again, this is just goal lines we've seen. This is just limited mm -hmm. uh, DB uh, info that we've gotten. But if you had to tell me, uh, oh who, yes, <laughs> who our starting safeties were at present, mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not even going to bother because there's no chance in hell. <laughs> But I, we'll, I, 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 take okay. a guess, take a guess, yeah, take, take a, a wild guess. stab. Did did they move Deuce Chestnut to safety or something? No, 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 Deuce, no, 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 and, no, no, no. Deuce and Garrett are still locked on the outside. Okay, okay, because I was gonna say if you start if you start messing with this, I'm gonna get very weird. Um, okay, so I'm gonna like the weirdest thing that would happen is that if we're gonna go by like positional changes, um, like. Uh, Neil Nunn and Rob Hanna feel like just like safety guys that you'd be messing with, but we have Eric Coley. So yeah, it's going to be Coley and it's going to be Coley not, and not Nunn. Nunn was a defensive back. It's going to be Hanna and, and uh, Coley, right? Well, one That's would correct. think one would think it would be Coley, Hanna, and uh, Jason Simmons like it was last year. Alas. Okay. Um, none of, well, Jason Simmons and then was it Baron and uh, who came in? So the so the ones is the interesting one. Yeah, the ones were Simmons, mm -hmm. Hannah, yep. and Elijah Clark. Right, that's what it was. Wait, what? the, Ruck the Rutgers transfer. I am very very. It yeah, so, but wasn't but wasn't so, Clark supposed to come in? Like Clark is small, so like he's not a rover. He's not the rover then, right? No, he is. But the Rovers, like... All three. Uh -huh. Simmons is your big guy at 193. Hen is listed at 170. And Clark is listed at 180. I would have thought that they would have thrown Barron at the Rover just because of his size. So Barron saw reps. Um, the, the interesting one there also is not no Barron. But no Jahad Carter either. No Jahad Carter and no Eric Coley, sixth-year former starter. Man. Okay. So either we're in better I'm, shape than we thought, or we're in worse shape than we thought. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, yeah. It's it's one or the other. Or if you want to get real fun with this, we're going to be doing some schematic changes this year because of that linebacking group, where the rover is going to stop being a run support option, and we're going to see some weird stuff with like pre-snap motions yeah. and alignments and stuff. You could you could see the you could see the rover turn into a second middle linebacker and make it a three four. Mm -hmm. This is uh, 
Especially now, do you say that? Especially with the unknowns at defensive line. Yep, you you could make that an option, and especially <laughs> and especially if you want Jones to stay as the QB spiral that he's excelled at uh, over the past couple of seasons. Like you, you, you don't want just the three defensive linemen and then Wax and Thompson be your rushers. Yeah. Well, because you're you're getting into a situation where, like, you can obviously it's very we've seen that this defense is very adaptable based off of the opposition that Syracuse is facing. This is not a uh a, a Jurgen. This is like Jurgen Klinsmann level of of tweaking, <laughs> except instead of it being pre-tweaking, it's like actual in-game tweaking. Um, and I'm cautiously I like I will trust Tony White to the ends of the earth. That being said, this is real weird and cool. Yeah, thanks for thanks for messing with my brain. I'm I'm not going to be able to sleep now thinking about weird three three five permutations uh, that exist. Uh, no, you thanks just all. Got, you just got two weeks of catching up to do. It's fine. We've been thinking of that yeah. stupid things for a long time now. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah. First football show of the year. First time going over in a while. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Yep. Uh, and we didn't legitimately did not talk about quarterbacks. We didn't talk about wide receivers. We barely talked about defensive backs uh, until my brain melted off. So if you are wondering what the heck we're going to talk about next week, we're going to talk about all those things. And I am sure that something absolutely nuts will happen in Syracuse sports before then. Um, but until then, oh. uh, for all of the news magician team. Hold on. We do have to shout out Mike because he did pop into the chat. So held, held is here and present. And Hi, also, also cannot apparently find NAL anything. Uh, said that he tried to go through the clearinghouse to literally get some walk-on to sponsor his trivia night. It's been three weeks, and he hasn't heard from any of them. That sounds about right. Yep. Man, Rhino would be a great trivia host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, that's your new guest host. You and Rhino doing it up. <laughs> Just want to call that out there. Think you'd be great at this. Um, <laughs> man, I love Rhino. Uh, <laughs> that is it for the News Magician uh, podcast, a.k.a. the Chris Elmore Appreciation Show. Uh, we really do appreciate all of you who are listening into this live, those who are listening into this recorded on your podcast, Player of Choice. Uh, thank you again to our sponsor, Homefield Apparel. Uh, use promo code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your first order of home field apparel gear um gentlemen it's been a minute since i did this uh but i'm sure the football season is coming up we're going to be doing this a lot more we're gonna have a lot of things coming down the pipeline uh did i miss anything are we good go or sun silence means we're good i think we're good <laughs> uh sweet in that case go orange and welcome back football <laughs> go orange go orange <laughs>